Thanks for the clock. We're, we're starting up right now. I want to start this sermon with this video. There's going to be some reasons why I'm running it, but I just want you to see this. So hopefully that works. like every week but would you like to ride to church with me oh come on mrs edwards you'll like my church we have some hot music it may not be what you're bumping at all but it's hot we get down what do you say mrs edwards oh i suppose I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. <laughs> okay, here we are. <laughs> I love that. All right, so, so the deal is, I, I ran that video because, A, I just think it's hilarious, and I absolutely love it, and I'd show it for, I'd figure out some reason to use it. Uh, but, but the other thing that I want to say is, is next week is going to be, this is that time of year when it really is important to be asking people. New habits are being set. This is the time when, you know, that extended summer that is the Northwest, you know, starts to end because it's getting towards October. This is that time when people start actually making their new schedules and so on. An excellent time to do it. An excellent sermon for it next week. The last reason is because it actually does fit, believe it or not, what we're doing today. So you'll see that. But, but what we're going after, let me just do it this way, okay? I want a show of hands on this one. How many of you can say that coming to the Lord was the most incredible, important, eye-opening, life-changing thing that ever happened to you in your life? How many of you can say that? Okay, if you know the Lord... You know, and there's people in here that don't, so I got it. I don't mean to embarrass you. But if you know the Lord, the likelihood is, is your hand went up there. So, let me ask the second question. How many of you would say that I would give just about anything for, you know, friends and family and coworkers and people that I love, for them to come to him too and to come to know this most incredible, important, eye-opening, life-changing thing? How many of you say, I just, you know, this is really important to me? Right? It ought to basically be everybody's hand that raised it on the first one. Right? Okay, so now I don't want a show of hands on this one. In the last 30 days, how many of you have had 
a conversation with one of those friends, families, neighbors, co-workers, loved ones about coming to the Lord. I don't mean just, you know, but an actual conversation about the Lord and bringing them to him. How many have had that? Now, again, I don't want to show hands, but let me say this. If one hand went up for the last 30 days in this building, that would put us right about in the statistical norm. I am convinced that this church is infinitely better than the statistical norm, which would get us all the way up to three or maybe five, right? Like 300% more, 500% more, but it still is five people. In fact, over the course of an entire year, statistics will tell us that it'll be about five people in a congregation, this many people sitting here. About five people will have shared the Lord in a way to try and bring someone to the Lord. Now, I believe, again, that we're much better than that, so we're all the way up to what, 15, 20? Right? Now, here's the truth. Everybody sitting in this room wants to do this. It, with all your heart, you want to do this. There's so many reasons why we don't do it. One just simple one is, a lot of times, you know, you get saved, and you're so excited about it, and you know what I mean? You, you, you come to know that this is real, and in a way you never understood before, because, you know, he's all of a sudden there and made you new, and wow, you're just really, and so you go and you spread it to everybody, thinking that they're going to want this too, and the fact is, you know what it feels like, so you're just overflowing with that joy, but they still don't. And so they don't receive from you. And so over time, what happens? You just, you know, you just, you know, you don't want to offend, and you don't want to just be a clanging symbol, and you don't want to just be in their face all the time, and so you just figure it out, and, and you back off, and your intention is to hit that right balance between sharing and not sharing and everything else. But over time, really, the truth is, is over a decade or two of being with friends and families and coworkers and people that don't know the Lord, is it actually just kind of drops off the radar, Right? I mean, that happens. If we were to take every reason that there is out there about why people don't share the way that it's in their hearts to share, and, and when I say in their hearts, I mean the way that they want it to be as opposed to the way it actually is. Because what's actually in people's hearts, much more than the desire, and the statistics bear this out, is the fear. You know, I'm just going to get it wrong. You know, this person's one opportunity is going to be me. What do I know? I'm going to mess it up. I'm not going to do well. I'm not going to be able to answer one of their questions, and I'm not going to do it right. So, ah. or, or they're going to say, you know, I just don't know anything, and I'm going to embarrass myself. And it's too important, but I don't want to be embarrassed, and all this kind of stuff. Or, you know, I have a relationship with them professionally, and, wow, if I go and share Christ with them, and then they get really mad at me or something, that's really going to damage my ability to work with them. And, and we could go on and on and on and on. But like I say, if you did a nice little port reduction on this thing, You'd end up with a really rich sauce that had to do with fear. It had to do with, it's just a ladled over there. There's just a concern, a fear, a thing that is causing us to stop. Well, we're going to give you every reason today to not stop. And not just reason, we're just going to, just always remember, when, we've talked about this quite a bit lately, there's that rational part of the brain that's right up at the very front, that little sliver that actually has to do with reason, and we all think that we're very rational beings. But the truth is, the, the biggest part of the brain is the limbic. It's not actually by volume, but it's right in the center. But, but there's this limbic system, and that has to do with emotions. And the fact is, is no matter what we think we want to do, there's always these emotions, like fear, that are actually the things that are dictating. Even our reason gets tangled up in that web before it actually gets to our hands, our feet, our mouths. And so what we're going to do today is, is we're going to just create a nice, clean beautiful road 
to a desire to do that because the fact of the matter is is that witnessing is incredibly simple but more than that it's natural it's the easiest thing you could imagine it's just supposed to be completely natural and what we've done with it is we've made it so unnatural that we recoil from it frankly in the same way that if somebody was trying to sell us Amway or something that we'd recoil from that see what I mean it's just like wait but there's this other thing that God is actually all about and if we do it if we're in his image and we're doing it his way we're gonna look like him and he does it in another way entirely so we're gonna get to that place so that you're just going oh I see I get it this is great so that's where we're headed today oh Andrew Man, you're the one that's praying for us today. And this is youth group and, and for years over at Odal, and he's made a transition now because he's doing a master's program. Can't wait for that to happen. He, he's got a real vision he thinks from the Lord, and I can't wait to start reading what he's going to produce and so on. But Andrew, lift up this sermon and another church, would you please? God, I just um, pray that you'll be speaking to our hearts today, Lord. Just give us a passion uh, to love other people the way you do in such a way that we just share who you are with them. And God, I just pray um, just for all of your your church, your entire church body in Mexico, God, just bring healing and peace and just your love and that hope that you have there as well as all over the world. So thank you so much for loving us, and amen. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, now, we are in our series on Simple. And I have been loving this series. I don't know about you, but I just am digging it. And I'm loving it because of the material, but even more so I'm loving it because what we're doing is, is that we're taking each one of these six values, Sunday church, devotional, small group, threefold, serving and outreach. We're taking each one of those things that are so important. And what we're doing is, is that we're just saying, how do we actually experience those on a Sunday morning to some degree, in some way? Like the serving last week, it had to do with putting the carpet out there and really going after it. And every week we've been doing something that isn't just me talking. It has to do with us owning. It has to do with us doing something that sort of lets us experience what this is in order to get the juices flowing and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm just loving what God's doing. And I, I hope you're going to love this by the end of the day. I think you will. So what I want to say is, is today, of course, the one that we're doing, I kind of blanked them out, is outreach. Okay, that should have been pretty obvious by now. But the bottom, re the bottom line is, uh, do I not have a monitor up here? That's okay. That's fine. Again, the wedding, right? Okay. It's probably, I'm going to have a confidence monitor at the wedding to remind me what I'm supposed to do at the service. All right. So what we're doing is, is here, I've got to get where I am. Uh, I want to show you something. The, this thing about outreach is, it's simple. I mean, it's just absolutely the most simple thing. In fact, of all of these right here, I want to argue that actually outreach is the most simple one to do. Now, you look at that and you go, no, it's not. <laughs> That's the one I want to do the least. In fact, I'll make a deal with you, God. I'll come to church every Sunday. I'll do devotions every single I'll do them three times a day. I'll serve 24-7 if you just don't make me have to do that outreach thing. Right? That's basically how a lot of people feel about it. I'll make a, a deal. Right? I'll do everything else, but let the pros take care of that or let somebody else take care of that who does that because, you know, I fear this. And so the bottom line is, as we look at that, but I just want to show you how simple it really is to actually just do it. And, and what I want to show you, it goes something like this. See, the Great Commission. This is the last thing Jesus said before he ascended. This is what he left ringing in our ears. This is him telling us to do something. This is him commissioning us, telling us what to do. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
That's the Great Commission, right? And so here's how simple it is to actually fulfill the Great Commission. Now, it is no more complicated than this is how simple it is. Obey. <laughs> right? I mean, that's all we have to do. He told us to do it. Do it. <laughs> right? It, it really, can I, can I make it really clear? I get how the flesh is. Because, you know, if somebody commands me to do something, I don't even care if, you know, I, it may be good for me. But if I don't really want to do it and somebody commands me to do something, just the fact that they commanded me makes me less likely to actually do it. Right? You tell me I got to obey. There's something in my flesh, and I still have a lot of flesh left, you can see. But the bottom line is, in my flesh, there's still something in me that is going to not want to do it just because you commanded me to have to do it. So when I say obey, I know that there's a thing of flesh that comes up inside of us. Well, here's what I want to say about that. Tough luck. <laughs> so what? The way to overcome is through. It isn't to around or avoid. I feel so strongly about this that I really toyed seriously with pulling a Winston Churchill on you today, which some of you would have absolutely loved. And here's a Winston Churchill. I thought very seriously about doing what he did at an alma mater one year after the Germans started bombing London. And frankly, the future was incredibly uncertain. People really did not know which way this thing was going to go. And after a year of this constantly having your house rocked and everything else, they were just losing nerve. They were losing stomach for it. And so the bottom line is he stands up in front of this class and he says, never, ever, 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 ever give in. Never give in. Never give in. Never Give in. And then he sat down. Now, I, I wish I had the guts to do that. You know, to just say obey and sit down and let you work out the details. I want to say, though, I actually am going to pull a Churchill on you because it turns out that story isn't actually true. Everybody's heard it before, but it's not actually true. It's just he did a speech and he, he said those words in it, essentially. But bottom line is he did a speech. Right? And he said other things in it, so I'm going to say other things too. But I am going to try and keep it mercifully short. Okay? Let me make it a little easier for you right here. When I say obey, here's what I really mean. Obey the Holy Spirit. That actually somehow takes a little bit of edge off it, if you know the Holy Spirit. Right? If you don't know the Holy Spirit, I love you. Hopefully you'll get to know him soon. But the bottom line is, is obeying the Holy Spirit, that actually makes it a little easier, doesn't it? I mean, this is something of the Spirit is inside of us. He's doing things. You know, it's just God is helping us to do this thing that he's called us to do. He didn't just say, go do it, and then he sits back and waits to see whether or not we're going to do it with his arms crossed and ready to chide you if you don't get it done right. That's just not his attitude at all. When God tells us to go do something, you know the biggest thing he's actually asking us for? Be willing. <laughs> actually start to move. He'll do all kinds of things to make it happen. In fact, did you know the Great Commission actually ends with these words? Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this. <laughs> day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. He's saying, I'm going to help you. I'm telling you to do something, but trust me, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to help you. In fact, as we said, obey the Holy Spirit. Let's take it all the way because here's what Jesus says in the Last Supper. And this is towards the end of the Last Supper. He does one of the big thing, which is to say that prayer about us being one. 
But the bottom line is, here's what he says about the Holy Spirit. But now I am on my way to the one who sent me. See, last supper, he's about to be crucified the next day. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you get. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, the counselor also translated, also translated helper, also translated guide. If I don't come, the counselor, the helper, the guide, your friend, the one that's going to be with you, he won't come. If I go, I'll send him to you. And when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he'll take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. Now, let me make that clear. He's not making an abstract statement about you'll know everything in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay? And it's good because it's better than Wikipedia because then you'll know some stuff that isn't true. But anyway. But, no, I, like, I love Wikipedia. But, he, but see what he's saying? He's saying, I'll take and I'll guide you into all truth. What he's saying is, when you're, every single situation that you're faced with, I'm going to be right there with you and I'm going to be working with you and I'm going to be doing things inside of you and I'm going to show you what this is about. In fact, the way that he says it is, it'll make sense. Oh, he won't draw attention to himself, but he'll make sense of what's about to happen. In every situation you're in, he'll make sense of it. This is what's going on. He'll reveal himself. This is what you're to do. This is why you're doing it. This is what's happening. And not in great detail every single time, but you get the drift. He'll always be leading you in this wonderful way. Okay? And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he'll make sense. You'll see the way I modeled it. He'll bring it back to your memory, and now you'll know even more how to do it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all working in harmony all the time. Okay? He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Look, everything the Father has is also mine. That's why I've said he takes from me and delivers to you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living inside of you in the Spirit in a way that you've got the fullness of the Godhead and everything that he wants leading you in everything that there is. This is the truth of the Christian life. The truth is, this is also happening to people that don't know the Lord. It's not the Holy Spirit inside, which is kind of like the conscience on steroids, right? It's that, you know, here and here, and I'm showing you and everything else. But the truth is, is even people that don't know the Lord, he's still trying to have a relationship with them. And he's touching them through the conscience and through things that are happening, and he's trying to quicken them. And it is a different thing because when he's made you new so that you're attentive to the things of the Lord, so that you're able to do them, it's hard before you've been made new to actually obey the conscience. You may want to. You may know that it's a good thing, but it's hard to do. It's still hard to do even because of the way that the flesh is, as I just said a second ago. But the bottom line is it gets a lot easier when you've been made new, and the Holy Spirit's living inside of you, and he's speaking to you in the intimate incredible, wonderful way that he does. And that's the truth of Christianity for those who do not know him yet. I want you to understand, people that know the Lord are so certain about his realness because something happens inside of you when you receive what he's done for you. When you receive that Christ took upon himself your choices to separate from God. You didn't even see it as those kind of choices. But when you put those upon him and Christ then brings you back to the Father, suddenly your eyes are open. You know, I was blind and now I see, says the famous song. And it's famous because it articulates a reality of people that have found God. And there's this new thing that's happening in them. And boy, you just go, man, I sure things, see things differently. 
I really get all kinds of stuff I didn't get before. I see things differently that I used to see one way, and I see them another way. I mean, there is a very tangible, real thing that's taking place inside of us. And this is Jesus saying that that's what that's all about. And when we have that happening to us, it's just a lot easier to obey, which is to say to follow the Holy Spirit. Now, I almost hesitated putting following in there because follow has such a choice to it that I, I really want to go back to, and everything that we're going to do today, just remember something. This is actually about how to obey, but the bottom line is, is whether you know how or not, do it. <laughs> because I don't want to lose the important message because I'm trying to help you to obey. I do want you to understand, in the end, what he's really going after is, give it a shot. Trust me. Step out. Okay? So having said that, where we are going here is, I, I'm going to take this book right here, and I want you to see this because I'm hoping that every person in this room will buy a copy of this book. If, I, if we had the money, I'd have bought it all and they've been in your packets. This is a book by Bill Hybels. And it's called Just Walk Across the Room. And I think he published it about a year ago. This is, it, many of you don't know who he is. Many of you do. Bill Hybels is pastor of one of the largest churches in the country. He, he is, uh, can I just say, this is a very easy read. You know what I mean by that? This is not dense and it's not going to hurt your brain to read it. In fact, what he does is he uses plenty of scripture, but really he just tells story after story after story after story in a way that it just builds faith in you. And some of the stories are hilarious, and some of the stories are poignant, and some of the stories are inspirational. But the bottom line is he's just communicating something, which is when, when the normal person thinks about outreach, evangelism, trying to get to somebody else, what they, you know, they've got all kinds of bottled up inside of them. But they think that somebody like me or Bill doesn't have that. We're afraid of the same things, <laughs> okay? Yeah, maybe after years of practice, we've gotten better at it, and it's less of a challenge, but the same stuff is happening, and we're all human. And if we're doing this in a human way, we're going to have human reactions to the things that the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. And what Bill's point in this book is, is he's saying, all I really want you to do is walk across the room. In other words, you're, you're there in your place of comfort, and you're talking with who you've chosen to talk to, and suddenly the Holy Spirit will prompt you to go talk to somebody else, get up and go talk to them. Just obey. Just go do that, and then see what God does. That's what this book is about. I'm hoping everybody will do it, and I'm actually going to do something in order to really try and get you to see why I think this book is so important. What I'm going to do is, normally I would tell you stories like he's telling in the book, and I would tell you my stories. But the reason why I'm not going to tell my stories today is because I want you to hear his so that you're more inclined to buy the book. But I do want to tell you, these are my stories too. They just precisely. This is my heart. This is, if you wanted to sum up the way that I try and live my life and the way I actually do live my life, it looks just like this. And, and I, I don't say that to pat myself on the back at all because you, when you'll find it, there's a lot of foibles in here too. But the bottom line is, I just want to read you one so that you get some sense of it, and then I'll read a couple other ones that are kind of short. He says, possibly the most profound evidence of seed-sowing approach. This is a, this idea. I'll talk about it in a second. In fact, he's going to use a concept here. Let me, let me share it with you right now. He's going to say, if you took it from a negative 6 to a negative 5, that's called the Engel scale, and it's a guy who did evangelism. And what he said was, is he said, here's the mistake that we make in evangelism. We think of it as a formula. We think of it as four laws and a pamphlet and a formula that everybody's got to go through when in fact, you know, every single person is different and every person is in a different place. 
And there's all these gradations of places. And you can start at a negative 10. This has been shortened so you can see all of them. But at a negative 10 would be no awareness of God really at all. Right? I, there, everybody has an awareness of something, but no real evidence, no real aspect that it's about God and that there even is a God or anything like that. And that's a negative 10. And what he's saying is, is what you're doing when you obey the Holy Spirit is you're being used by him in a particular way in order to help move a person along this scale. Where they go from places like they understand the gospel, they consider the gospel, they become positive about the gospel. They have personal problems that they start to see. They make a decision to act, they repent, and then they come to creation. When we think of evangelism, we think, I've got to get them to pray a prayer. That's not what evangelism is. Evangelism is being about the other human being. Being there for them. That's what evangelism is. And as you do that, it's going to move them because the Holy Spirit's going to work through you, move through you, and move you accordingly. And, and by the way, notice that once they accept the Lord, that isn't it. Right? Then you've got to disciple them. And we've got some excellent examples in this church of people that help bring someone to the Lord. And now they continue to walk beside them. And they're continuing to raise them up in what it is to be a Christian. Because ultimately, the full definition of it is, is making a disciple that can make another disciple. But not to go too deep into all that. The bottom line is he's going to talk about an angle scale in here. So I've explained it to you. Now just listen to a story. So the seed sowing is just kind of working down here in the sow part, which would be the negatives and the lower negatives. And then there's reaping, which gets up there to about decision of Christ. And then disciple making, which is the top bracket. Got it? All right. So he says, the seed sowing is found in my life and my buddy Tommy Geisler. Years ago, I started a sailboat racing team with nine other guys. Although all nine of them could have contended for the honor, Tommy took the prize for the resident wild man. This fun-loving friend soaked up three years of my most earnest prayers. I used to have candid heart-to-hearts with God, telling him all the reasons Tommy would be a fantastic follower of his if God would just get his attention. There were many times after a long day of sailing, Tommy and I would stay up late at talking about everything under the sun. On other occasions, while out of town for sailing regardless, I played nursemaid to him after he'd had a little bit too much to drink. I love that. Uh, for three years I did this. I invested in Tommy for three years. I prayed for Tommy for three years. I loved Tommy for three entire years. Did I mention this went on for three years? As you'd expect, despite our deep theological differences, Tommy and I developed a solid friendship. I trusted this guy so much that one time I arranged for him to take a group from Willow on a sailing trip using a friend's boat. I couldn't make it, but I figured Tommy could handle things. A couple of days into the trip, it all seemed, uh, it seemed all was well at sea. The sun was high. The waves were rising in a perfectly steady rhythm. Everybody was having a fantastic time. That afternoon, a guy from Willow named John felt prompted to ask Tommy a spiritually directed question. He'd been talking with Tommy off and on for a couple of days, uh, straight by the point, uh, totally straight by that point, and felt it was a calculated risk. You've been, he says, you've been processing stuff with our senior pastor, right, Tommy? Talking about matters of faith and all that. A big smile burst on the Tommy says, yeah, I really enjoyed all those talks with Bill. It's been great. Tommy and John then dove into an incredibly deep and candid conversation culminating with a rather bold question. Hey, Tommy, John asked, why wouldn't you just come across the line of faith right now and open up your heart to receive Jesus Christ? Tommy said that now that he thought about it, nothing was keeping him from doing something like that. All he needed to know was how to get things squared away. So John said, well, all you need to do is pray to God. And John prayed that right there with Tommy for him to receive Christ. According to John, according to John, who was studying Tommy's every move after the prayer was over, genuine conversion happened. You could just tell, John said sometime later, it was the real deal. The Holy Spirit really grabbed a hold of this guy. 
A few minutes after the whole thing unfolded, I received a long-distance phone call from Tommy. Bill, guess what he shouted? I figured he'd wrecked the boat. <laughs> he said, you wrecked the boat. That's what I ventured. You went and got hammered and wrecked the boat. <laughs> no, 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 Tommy said. Listen, your friend John helped me give my life to Jesus today. I did it. I'm so excited. I had to let you know. Now listen, my silence was lost on Tommy, who was too late to pay attention to me. Yeah, my friend John, some friend, Three years I worked on this guy, and one day, out of nowhere, John waltzes in, asks one question, and presto, Tommy's a believer. <laughs> Since when is this fair, I yelled at the ceiling. To this day, whenever I bump into John about Willow, I say the same three words that make him chuckle. Still not fair. <laughs> the moral of this story is that we can't ordain the role that we get to play, and we certainly can't predict the time frame of someone coming to faith. The spirit of the holy, omnipotent, omnipresent God gets to play that part, and it's a marvelous system if you really think about it. Take the situation with Tommy. I'll never know if John could have moved Tommy from negative 6 to negative 5, but I believe the spirit used me to do that. And I'll never know if there would have been an opportunity for me to help Tommy cross that line into the positive territory, but guess what? The perfect moment did come for John, and he seized it. I believe we both played the roles we were intended to play, nothing more, nothing less. As you go about your days playing only the role you're prompted to play, you too will participate in the wild mystery of it all. And every role is completely valid. That's, that's great, isn't it? Now, 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 right there, I read that story. Doesn't that make you, A, want to do that, be a part of that? And B, doesn't it already take fear down? It just kind of lets it drip out of your heart. It just kind of goes... Oh, if I just have to do my part, it's not all on my shoulders. It's not all about me. I just do what he prompted me to do and the things I've been gifted to do and the things he'd made me to be. That moves a person? Well, that becomes now really natural. We're going to do something here. We're going to take this, and, and, and this is, by the way, if you buy the book, you're going to hear some of this, but not a lot, because I just kind of... You know, I, I want to present the way I want to present it. You know, still fleshly, right? I could do it better than Bill. <laughs> I didn't mean that. That was just a joke. Okay? But the bottom line is, I just want to talk about this in a really natural way. And if you could, ushers, could you help me for a second? I forgot to tell you about this. If you don't have your notes, could you please raise your hand and make sure you got one of these in your hand? Because we're going to be reading off of this right-hand column, and I want you to make a couple of notes. So if you don't have a bulletin, thanks. Uh, we're going to be bringing some in, and just keep your hand up to where you can get it. And there should be a pen in front of you, and you should be able to write down uh, some of these questions. Because we're just going to kind of fly through them, because we really have something else planned for today. But I just want you to get a sense of something, okay? So thank you, ushers, and thank you, guys. All right. The first thing on this list of obey, and, and just how to help you actually obey, the first thing on this list is prayer, seeking God to touch them. Do you really pray for them? Now, here's what I mean by that, and here's what's so important about this. Here's what happens. When we first meet somebody, or when we first get saved, or whatever it is, there's an initial thing where we, they just have to come to the Lord, and we're all about bringing them to the Lord. But then a decade passes. And somewhere in that 10-plus years, you get to a place to where you still really want them to come to the Lord, but, you know, you just love them. 
They're just a friend, and you enjoy their presence, and you enjoy being with them, and you really like them, and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's still in your heart that they need to come to the Lord, and you still, every once in a while, think about it. But you've lost a sense of, what, urgency? Or of, that's not the right word. Urgent isn't the right word. What is the word? You've lost a sense of really being intentional about this. And I don't mean planned and agended. I mean doing the thing that you can do, which is to pray for them. Can I just say, when we get to heaven, I think the thing that we're going to be the most surprised about, and I, I've, I'm sure there's something we're going to be more surprised about, but, but just right now, I think the thing we're going to be most surprised about is how much plowing of the ground prayer could have done for us that we didn't do, and that we instead were hitting hard soil, and, it was, and we were not getting the traction, we are not getting the seed planted, there was a lot of plowing that God was going to do through our prayers that didn't get done. And then we're going to see that, that there was a hardness, a hard thing that shouldn't have been so hard if we had just prayed. Okay? I just want to say, as a staff, we do something. We, we do this little sheet that the, all the staff fills out every week, and what they do is it's just, a, it's just kind of taking your temperature, getting a pulse. It just asks questions. You know, did you take a Sabbath? And if you did, is it going well? Are you, are you getting some rest times? Do you feel energetic about the week to come? Are you losing some hope? You know, just, it's just a good way to kind of check in and hear how the staff is doing. You know, you're overworked and so on. At the bottom of it, it we ask a question, which is, have you prayed for anybody in this last week to receive the Lord? And the second question is the one that's really important for me. Are you living your life in a way that, that your spiritual temperature for outreach is increasing? Or over time, is it decreasing? Because there's this, there's this horrible little fact. Did you know this? The longer that a person has been a Christian, the less likely they are to actually be praying for and actually be involved in bringing others to Christ. That's not because they're disenchanted with it or anything else. It's not that. There's a whole lot of reasons for it. We're not going to go into them today. But the bottom line is, is we have to do something about keeping the spiritual temperature up. See? So the first question is, and I just want you to ask these questions and take the thing home and kind of just maybe in a meditative time, just kind of work through these things. How am I doing on these things? Okay? Do I really pray for them? And in fact, do you really pray for him to use us? Do I actually pray that God would use me? Here am I, says Isaiah, when he sees the Lord in the temple. Here am I, send me. Is that our attitude? Is it send me, or is it, here am I, Lord, send my pastor? Here am I, Lord, send this guy who's good at this. Here am I, Lord, send anybody but me. See, what are we saying? And now, again, I just want to give you a little thing that I think would just... I'm telling you, I think this would absolutely transform the statistics. But who cares about statistics? It would transform every person in this life, in this church. It would transform your life, I think, probably more than almost any other single thing. If you've accepted the Lord, that's always going to be the biggest. Baptism of the Holy Spirit's right in there. But, but let me just, let me just, this is Bill again talking about it. He says, one afternoon I dropped into a local place to get a haircut. As I sat in my car outside the shop, I said out loud, God, if you want anything to happen in there, if you want me to say a word for you or try to meet someone's need, then for the next 20 minutes or so, my heart is ready. I'm completely available. How long did that take? Was it even 15 seconds? Can you imagine, can you imagine what would happen if every single time that you were headed into a situation... If before you walked into it, you just took two seconds 
and just said, I don't know what's going to happen in there, but boy, if you want to use me, here am I, send me. Use me. Just prompt me and use me. Can you imagine what would happen? I'm telling you, it wouldn't be five or 20 or it would be literally in one month it would be every person in this place would have multiple things. But here's what you come back with even more importantly. You'd have multiple stories about God in new ways, mind-blowing ways. Because the fact of the matter is, is when you reach out, you think it's about bringing them to the Lord, but the fact is it's about bringing you to him. <laughs> now that's true. It is about bringing them too. But I'm telling you, you put yourself out there. You obey and just put yourself out there. It'll transform you like nothing else. It puts your rubber to the road, and it just makes all the difference. So just, all right? So, you know, do you really pray? Okay. Here's the thing that I really want you to get a hold of. Do you understand something? He's tailor-made opportunities for you personally. Do you know that the God who made each of us with totally unique fingerprints has a totally unique situation that only you can fulfill? Now, sometimes that's not true, right? Sometimes you're in a situation that somebody else could fulfill too. But do you understand something about the way God works? God is not the God of formulas. Satan likes formulas because he can figure out how to break them and get you feeling bad about it. See? The point is, is God's all about individuality. God's all about the dynamism of the situation. God's all about this unique fit that is a particularly, really complicated puzzle piece, and it turns out that you are the one piece that can fit that, and it doesn't matter if you're at the soccer field, in which you have a lot of commonality with the other people at the soccer field, because you're there because your kid's playing soccer. And you care about your kid, and you care about the team, and you care about, and the other parents are caring about the kids, and caring about the team, and look at all the commonality you have right there, but that's just surface level, because I'll tell you what, if you'll let the Holy Spirit, before you go to that soccer game, if you'll pray, God, use me. If there's something, some opportunity and you'll see something and you'll go up and you'll talk to them and you'll start talking to them and you'll start doing this and, and, and all of a sudden you'll find out you have this together and you have this together and you have this and, and all of a sudden you'll start going, wow. The God of the universe who's got every single thing in his hands has orchestrated a miracle here. And it's enjoyable because it's not selling something it's sharing the God who made them, and they just don't know him. It's just sharing him in this natural, normal, relational, intimate, unique way. This is the truth. I, I, am, I am completely convinced that the reason why God doesn't want everybody in professional ministry is because it would make the church completely impotent. You know how he makes it powerful? He gives you a job in a public school. Now, it's not a public school. In your case, it's a Christian school. So a lot of the, but a lot of the kids and everything else, he gives you a job working with, um, you know, people in, situ in houses about windows and that kind of stuff. He gives you a job at Starbucks. He gives you jobs. He gives you opportunities. To, and think about this. See, not everybody's in a job that they love, but do think about it. Most people, the reason why you're roughly in the job that you're in is why? Because you had some aptitude and some desire to be in it. And that means the other people that are there have similar aptitude and desire. So you're thinking, what would I ever say to them? And the fact is, is God has already tailor-made what to say to them. <laughs> See? You're already making the connection. You're doing it already. It's called being in relationship. <laughs> it's the most natural, normal, real thing that there is in all the world. 
And God's the one who did it that way because he's in relationship with himself and he just wants everybody else to be in relationship with him and other people. So this is not doing something abnormal. This is doing something that's completely... To, even if you're the most introverted person, you still don't get through life without relationships. They're just fewer and more intimate. Guess what? There's other introverted people out there that are not going to have the extrovert come in there and just be all showy-blowy, you know? They're going to want somebody who's willing to go a little bit deeper, and you're the one who's tailor-made to be able to go deeper with them and spend that time at night and spend those long conversations, right? Uh, oh, man, there's a great story. Now I'm too long. Shoot. There's a really good story. More impetus. There's a soccer story in here. Awesome. You'd have loved it. Okay? Buy the book and read it. Okay. Love. Do you really love them? You'll never sell anybody our Amway product. Not really. I mean, every once in a while, they'll buy something because they need it or whatever. But if you really want to be a good salesperson, and we're not talking about sales here, but if you really want to be a good salesperson, have you ever read How to Win Friends and Influence People? Have you ever read, you know, uh, all these books and Carnegie books and everything else? They'll all tell you one thing. If you don't make a human connection with them, if you don't make a real connection, if you don't find out something about them that causes you to love them, then you're just pushing against a wall. But boy, oh boy, if you, find a, if you find a way that you actually love them, and I don't mean love them because they're going to come to the Lord. I mean love them because of who they are no matter where they're at. No matter if they're gay, no matter if they're an addict, no matter where they're at. If you find that way in the Lord, as he will lead you to do, to love them as a person, then the doors, we are built for the doors to swing open. That's just the truth. You know, you got to love them. But you know, there's another thing on this love thing that's pretty important. Do you really love God? In a room this size, there's, an, there's a really tragic truth. There's people that are here today. You're not here because you love God and it's just flowing out of you. You're here because you're a Christian and you got saved. You don't want God to be mad at you. And so you come to church because that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, you're supposed to share him because that's what Christians do. But really, your relationship with Jesus has more to do with burden, rules and regs, than it has to do with living water pouring out of you because it just can't. You know, when you fall in love, right, with a spouse, right, when you fall in love, what do you do? You just can't wait to tell everybody, <laughs> right? When you fall in work with somebody, you're not wanting to share that person with somebody else. Spare them. I, I'm going to say something really weird, and I'm just saying it for effect, okay? But it really, if you can't say that the reason why you want to share Christ is because he's the most incredible, amazing, important, eye-opening, life-transforming thing that you have ever experienced in your life, then do yourself and the other person a favor and don't share with them. Because you're just going to saddle them up with a burden. My yoke is easy and my, my burden is, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, says Jesus. It is joy 
when you find the joy of the Lord, it is waters of living, rivers of living water that just pour out of you in life-giving. Water is always a symbol for life. You just can't wait to share it. And yeah, you got to be discerning, and yeah, you got to be careful because, you know, you got to do it the way the Holy Spirit's telling you, and you just, you know, but bottom line is be yourself. Be in love. It makes the world go round. It's the thing that matters in life. It's why Jesus made you. It's why God is for you. It's all about love. So I just want to say, if you get to where you're really loving God, you'll do this. Now, by the way, here's a really great way to really come to love God. Even if you're not quite there in your own heart, start sharing him. And so watch what he does. And when you start seeing what God does, and then what happens in you, you'll go, I love that. <laughs> I love him. It'll get you past rules and regs. It'll get you to grace. Right? Here's another one. Trust. Okay? Do you really trust that the Holy Spirit will not lead you into places that are bad for you? If you look at your notes, here's what they actually say. <laughs> You're going to love this. Do you really trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you into places that are bad for you? <laughs> now, I want to say something. We, we tried to maybe fix it because I changed the wording on it a little bit, and then we tried to fix it, and I went, I was really, I really was a little bit conflicted on this point because here's what I want you to understand. God leads us into places that are bad for us all the time. <laughs> they turn out to be fantastic. They turn out to be glorious. But it doesn't mean going in that it's where you want to go. In fact, let me just, let's just go all the way with this thing, okay? Right? God comes to you right now, Andrew. And God says, okay, Andrew, here's the deal. I love you. Do you know I love you? Yeah, I know that you love me. I really love you, Andrew. Do you know that I love you? Yeah, I know that you love me. No, Andrew, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm about to tell you something. I need you to understand something. Do you know that I am crazy about you, that I love you, and that I have a perfect plan for your life, and that I just can't wait to have you go do something for me? Okay, this is pretty cool. All right, what is it? I want you to go across an ocean and serve a people group. And it's not going to go so well and they're going to kill you. Do you go? I think our first reaction on a lot of us is, how long do I have to think about this? <laughs> you know, can you give me a day? But here's the truth. If you're in love with Jesus... If you're in love with God, He will touch your heart. He will work inside of you. And even though you won't necessarily want to do that, even though it'll be kind of bad on one level, He will overcome it with an eternal good, with a plan and a purpose and a, and a meaning that even if He never tells you what it's about, what it's going to produce. I think most everybody in this place, if God really was calling you to do that, would actually end up going. So pretty cool that he's not asking, actually asking everybody in this place to go overseas and get killed. All he's actually asking you to do is just walk across the room. And it may not go so well. It may be a little embarrassing. Right? We say that kills me, but it doesn't. <laughs> it's just tough. You know, here's, here's, here's a great way to get past the fear that it's not going to go well. Here's a great way to do it. Here's how you do it. It isn't going to go well. 
Get yourself in that mode. Get yourself in that mind frame. You, you know, I know that it's not always going to go well. When I walk over and talk to somebody about the Lord and I felt like I was prompted, it's not always going to go well. Right? Do we all know that? Well, if you know that, then just embrace it. <laughs> so that when it doesn't go well, it doesn't kill you. You just knew that that might happen. <laughs> right? But you were sharing the most incredible, amazing, important eye-opening, life-changing thing that there is in all the world, and it was worth it, even if it doesn't go well. Let me just, again, I've already made this point, but let me just come back to it briefly. Do we really understand that saving others is something only he can do? Do we really get that it isn't up to you to save anybody. It's simply up to you to obey. Be used of him however he would use you. Do we really get that? I, I want to read you a, a perfect fit for that, but it's a good story. And, and you'll, hear, you'll hear him wrestling the same way that we do. And I think it'll be very helpful in our hearts. So let me share this one, okay? Okay. Uh, now contrast that with the, that one where he prayed. It was before a haircut and he prayed. That, that one, actually nothing happened. But then he goes on to another story and he says, now let me show you another completely different kind of experience. Frequently, I hide out in a particular restaurant to work on my talks. And for some time now, the woman has been my server. She's an older woman with a daughter in her 20s. And based on my frequent conversation with her, I'd say that she's from another ethnic background and hails from a different part of the world and that she follows a completely different faith system and that she's never before darkened the doorstep of Willow or any other church and she's probably never heard a Christian witness to her in her entire life. On this particular afternoon, I was preparing to talk for the upcoming Christmas Eve service. At one point, I looked up and I saw her across the restaurant as she was busing a table and was reminded of how faithfully and conscientiously she served me each time I'd camped out there. I heard the directive so clearly in my spirit that it may as well have been audible. If she were to die anytime soon, she'd probably live apart from God for all eternity, God said to me. Get up, walk across the room, invite her to Christmas Eve. Just stand up and go talk to her. So as you'd, as you'd expect from a spiritual heavyweight like me, I stayed seated and opted for debating with the Holy Spirit instead. <laughs> right? Okay? She's not going to come to Christmas Eve service, I pleaded silently. She's got a whole different deal going on. Well, you can guess who won that one. My mind was flooded with memories of the conversation she and I had shared over time, interspersed with a few convicting thoughts. She knows who I am. She knows what I do for a living. And throughout all our exchanges, I've been so careful not to badger her or guilt her into coming to church. Just this once, I need to be bold. After taking a deep, I, I love that, by the way. Here's Bill, Bill Heibel. How many people has Bill Heibel brought to the Lord? I'm sure at this point he could not possibly count them. And yet, here's what he's saying. I've been so careful not to badger or guilt her into coming to church. See what he's doing? He's respecting her as a person, and he's obeying the Holy Spirit's leading in her life because the Holy Spirit knows when and how. And only he does. And he's also a little scared. You know I've been very careful not to be a bother to you, he said to her, in a religious sort of way when I'm here. Another deep breath. But I'd like to invite you and your daughter to our Christmas Eve service. I think you'd enjoy it. But please know that I'm really not trying to mess with your mind and your faith. I just want to let you know that you're welcome to come, and if you choose to, and, and I can find a way to get you a few tickets. So I made provision for her regarding the tickets, and I went back to my table, assuming that she wouldn't come. 
Six weeks later, I walked in again, prepared to hash through some sermon work. She immediately came to me. I loved your Christmas Eve service, she blurted out. I was there. My daughter was there. She loved it too. It was the first time she'd ever heard anything like that. Then she dropped her key line on me. I understood everything you talked about. I understood the whole service. I really want to thank you for inviting us. After I picked myself up the floor, off the floor, I told her what an honor it was that she spent Christmas Eve with us. And once again, I considered God's providence. How does this stuff happen, I asked him. What is this mystical ability of yours to draw people to yourself? Well, I'll never fully understand it. It's a high privilege to be part of God's activity in the lives of his children. Friends, sometimes there will be a wide open door and sometimes there won't. Remember, being walk-across-the-room type people means that we walk when the Spirit tells us to walk and we don't walk when the Spirit says not to. This dynamic is what makes the adventure mystical and unpredictable and exhilarating and truly God-driven. It is what keeps us on the Christian's life, Christian life's exciting edge. There are so many people in here that would, that would have a relationship with God that you, would, you could even use the word tired and boring in it. I've got a great way for you to not be bored. And the weird thing about when you do stuff for God is you end up not being tired either. Because he just does it through you in such a way that it's just invigorating. So the last one, just do it. Do you get that practice makes perfect? Well, it doesn't have to be perfect. Do you get that the more you try, the better you get? Do you get that? I want to show you something. This is Willie or uh, Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle is known in the Hall of Fame as the 10th best hitter of all time. You know, I mean, that's a lot of players, right? 10th best hitter of all time. You know what Mickey Mantle's lifetime batting average was? Batting average is, to keep it really simple, batting average is basically did you get on base with a hit, right? So you know what his lifetime batting average is? Anybody got a guess? Anybody a big baseball nut here? Ah, that's a great guess. It's not right, but it's a great guess. 298. That's his lifetime batting average. Five times he was over 300. His highest was 356, I think. But, but here's the point. That, what that technically means is this guy who's known as the 10th best batter in the history of baseball, seven out of ten times that he went, walked up to the plate, he failed to get a hit. <laughs> he failed at what he was there for. Only three out of ten times did he succeed, and that makes him one of the best in the entire history of baseball. <laughs> right? Here's what I want to say. There's a whole bunch of really great people here. I mean, you're cool. You are, you are awesome human beings. You get it's not about religion and rules, and you get about grace, and you get, and what you're doing is, you're just cool people to know. And anybody would want to get to know you. And when you become intentional, when you pray, when you, I'm going to go back a second here, when you pray, when you understand that God's tailor-made stuff that you're supposed to enter into, when you love, when you trust, when you just go do it, here's what I want you to understand. In heaven, the band starts warming up because the heavens rejoice when someone comes to the Lord. And whenever you let the Holy Spirit move in you and prompt you and move you towards something, what happens is, is that they start printing little cards for you. Right? 
that should say heaven's all-stars. We get to claim her too because she was on our team, but you know, heaven. Right? We're going to do something now to end this. We're going to take an offering and, and you're going to take communion with each other in one second, but here's what we're going to do. This is, and I, I trust me, please. <laughs> okay? Obey. <laughs> no. Sit. No, that won't work either. Okay. I'm just asking you to trust me on something here. And, and I want to explain to you why I'm going to have you do this. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to turn to somebody that isn't the person that you came to church with. And I'm going to ask you to tell them your story, how you came to Christ. And some of you are automatically going to say, man, I knew Christ my whole life. I don't have a good testimony. Yes, you do. Tell your story. Because there's people that need to hear that story. There's, there's people that need to hear what happened, you know, relative to your friends and all kinds of stuff and, and what happened with people that didn't know him. And there's a story in there if you let the Holy Spirit guide you. And what I want you to do is, just as led by the Spirit, I just want us to practice just telling our story. Because that's one thing that we, have, we need to have in our hip pocket. We need to get good at just telling people our story. Right? This is just... You know, I just want to tell you this. And, and then here's what I don't want you to do. Don't make that a rote routine thing. And then everybody you meet, you say, here's my story. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? What I want you to do is understand that this is a completely dynamic story that will change based on who you're talking to. And the Holy Spirit will quicken you to change it. In fact, like I say, all the time I'm telling people about God or I'm telling them about my life or something. And, and I want to take out a pencil and write down what's being said because I'm like, that's really good. You know, certainly not anything I ever thought about before. Because God is trying to speak to him. So I'm going to ask you to let that dynamic kind of happen in here right now where you just tell each other the story. But I want you to do this in a certain way. I want you to be listening to the other person's story. And I want you to hear how endearing it is. I want you to hear that there's little moments in it that just grab your heart. I am fully convinced that you cannot hear someone's story and not fall in love with them. It's impossible. Now, of course, it's possible somehow, but you get the point. And I just want you to do this. And again, I recognize that people are going to feel a little uncomfortable with this. But would you just trust me and would you just try it? Yeah, I don't want you to go on a long time. You know, five minutes would be pretty long for one story. I just want you to tell them how is it that you came. Now, I know that there's people in here that don't know the Lord. And could you just do me a favor? Honestly, it's cool. What I want you to do is just tell people why not. You know, why, what... You know, you're here at church, so it's an odd place for you to be in the first place. But, you know, just, you know, but just do me this. Just go ahead. If you don't know him, say, you know what, I don't know him. That's okay. There's lots of people that don't. You know, God's moving anyway, right? Still on his throne. And I just want you to talk about, and, and the other person, you know, yeah, if God moves, you can say something to him. But don't try to lead him to the Lord right there. We're just, we're just having a moment here where I want you to go ahead and share with one another your story. I get that it's going to be odd. But just try this. And what we're going to do, like I say, is we're not ending the service, quote-unquote. We're, we're just going to, when you're done with your story, you're done. And if you haven't done your carpet yet, please go back and get your carpet and fill out your card and put it in the hallway and do all that when you're done. And, but, you know, we're just going to have some music up here and just a little background music that's just going to be playing. And we just want you to spend some time. Okay? So do, do we get it? Is there any questions?